wanted to talk about the process of peer review for scientific research during this COVID-19 world. I'm joined now by the executive editor and chief of the Canadian Science Publishing Journals, and he's also a University of Saskatchewan biologist, Jim Germida. Jim, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks, Jeff. So, Jim, I wanted to start by asking you just about the sheer volume of research that's being done and submitted for review right now. You know, has that changed in the past few months, and are there concerns with that peer review process if there is too much stuff coming in at the same time? We are always seeing uh, lots of submissions to our journals, mm -hmm. and all of the journals around the world are, are seeing lots and lots of, of submissions. And many journals have what you would call fast track, where they can process a, a paper that's been submitted and get it peer-reviewed very quickly, especially if the information is extremely important as it relates to, say, for example, research on COVID-19 or coronaviruses in general. And the other thing that's important to point out is that Almost every publisher that I'm aware of has opened up their database, their, um, their back issues of papers related to coronaviruses, uh, which are related to, to COVID-19, and, and they've made that freely available to, to public, to researchers, and the like. So there is a pressure to, to get things turned around quickly. Uh, I think all reputable journals are doing that. Uh, that being said, there are a number of venues such as preprint servers where people can submit something that hasn't been peer-reviewed. It, it's given um, you know, very little attention. There's an opportunity for anyone and everyone to read that. And in, in some disciplines, it, it provides a very good way to critique the story and to get feedback on the story, because that's what science is. It's all about storytelling and making sure that the story that you're telling is accurate and factual and, and conveys a true picture of what, what, what's really going on. And so these preprint servers do offer a venue for some people to come and put things up that aren't really accurate, they're not factual, and that can be problematic. And so whether it's a research scientist or uh, someone in the general public, you just have to be aware of that and you have to be cautious and you have to take your time and work your way through things. Is it harder, though, to, to take that extra time just because there is such a need for, you know, we're, we're trying to obviously come up with a vaccine for COVID-19, right? That seems to be the main thing that the general public is talking about. And, and when, you know, scientists are doing research to try to come up with that, I mean, does does the fact that there is uh, more of a rapid need, I guess, for for these kinds of uh, research to be done, does the, what what kinds of impacts does that have on the ability to fact check? I mean, does that slow things down? Well, you know, you, even in the case of developing a vaccine, you have to be extremely careful. Normally, a, a vaccine could take years to develop because you want to ensure that it's safe. And, you know, as you read the news, as I read the news, as people read the news right now, you're, you're seeing all types of reports on very reputable pharmaceutical companies and governments um, and universities working very actively to fast-track vaccine development. And they're even doing some preliminary uh, vaccine testing uh, in Europe and in the United States and, and, and won't be too long in Canada. And these preliminary uh, vaccine trials will, will show us whether the vaccine is successful, whether it's going to elicit an immune response to, to provide some protective antibodies. And then it will take a series of uh, trials to demonstrate that, yes, that's true, and, and that the, the vaccine is safe. And then, of course, you have to scale up production to get this vaccine available for many, many people. I think the, um, the influenza, uh, not the influenza, but the swine flu um, in 2009, when we needed to develop a vaccine for that, 
you know, there there was a rush in the U.S. to develop a, a fast track of vaccine. There were some problems with it. And so I think people need to be cautious. And I think governments are going to be cautious. And I think um, everyone's going to do their best to, to fast track vaccines and then of course to look at potential treatments to try to provide protection and hopefully help people who become infected with COVID-19. So I mean I guess how long does a a peer review process normally take for for just whatever say someone submits their research and and uh, you know someone's starting to look it over how long does that usually take to to really get a good handle on whether or not something is is a really good piece of work? Normally, um, in in many journals, a peer review process could take months, um, up to maybe even four, five, or six months, and then it would even take longer for papers to be published. What many journals have, as I said, is a system whereby the peer review can be expedited, and so if it's a really urgent piece of information that needs to get right away, uh, they could get a peer review done within a a few days or uh, a few weeks, and then, of course, many journals will actually publish an accepted version of the manuscript and what they might call now in it's it's sort of like a it's not a final version of the uh, manuscript that's been copy edited and, and made to look uh, you know formatted appropriately but it's it's something that's been peer-reviewed it's been scrutinized and it's 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 been scientifically tested that way and so it's available online almost instantaneous as soon as that papers accepted. So if, if the journals and the editors are, are good, they can get something through the uh, reputable peer review process within a matter of, as I say, weeks and, and get that up. And, and many journals are doing that. And many um, both for-profit and non-for-profit publishers are doing their best to get that information out there because it is critical. And at the same time, you want to make sure that the uh, the best science, the uh, factual science, the science has been tested is, is the stuff that you're putting up. What what is is there any danger that comes with that? Right, you mentioned it usually takes a couple of months at the very least to to go through that peer review process. But if you're expediting it and doing it in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, is there a concern that comes with fast tracking that data? No, the, the, one of the problems that we have, Jeff, is that there are hundreds and thousands of journals and publishers out mm-hmm. there, and, and as a consequence, many of my colleagues in the scientific community get burdened with way too many requests to do peer reviews. Right. And of course, you're also compounding the problem because you have what you might refer to as a predatory journal or a predatory publisher who just don't do peer reviews at all. They just get things up and published, and that's one of the problems you have to be careful with. Mm-hmm. But, but people people recognize that if, um, if, if I'm the editor of a medical journal, I know I have an important paper that's related to COVID-19 or something else, I'll reach out to the experts, the colleagues, and explain the situation. And many times people will say, yes, I'm, ha- I'm happy to do that review for you. I'll turn it around very quickly. They'll make it a priority, and they'll get it done really quickly as opposed to taking you know, months to, or, or weeks to actually finish that review. So that's how I would approach it. And I think that's what editors would do is actually approach the experts, their colleagues, and, and ask them if they'd be prepared to do an expedited review. Okay. Uh, now, one of the reasons, you know, I, I came across uh, your, your personal contact was because of this article I was reading just talking about uh, that, you know, maybe corners were being cut in the peer review process just because there is so much volume coming through in terms of COVID-19 research. And, and the, the article I mentioned uh, talked about, you know, two weeks ago, it was reported that Lit COVID, which is a hub for papers on COVID-19, some more than 1,600 uh, topics published in that one week alone. I guess, you know, it, it sounds like a lot when we're 
we're talking about 1,600 pieces. I mean, is there a burden, I guess, for people who are doing that peer reviewing then? For, uh, you had mentioned there's a lot of people that are calling to say, hey, can you review this piece of work that I did? Um, and I assume there's probably an overabundance of those types of calls. I mean, are, are people who are doing that peer review process getting maybe a little bit overburdened? Is that possible? Could that be something that happens, you know, as we go through this pandemic a little bit further? Well, it, it could. I mean, it's certainly a possibility that people will become overburdened with the request to do peer reviews, especially if you're an expert in an area that, that the paper is focused on. And, and again, you've got two types of um, situations. You've got peer-reviewed papers, but you also have these preprint servers where people will post stuff that hasn't been peer-reviewed. And uh, you may find that, that after a, a short period of time or even a long period of time, that, that stuff on that preprint server has to be retracted. It has to be withdrawn because it's, it's actually not factual it's actually saying things that could be harmful and it, it suddenly comes to light through people scrutinizing it and and, and, and reading it uh and recognizing that that this is a problem and then they, they obviously have to notify the manager of those preprint servers to get that off in terms of reputable publishers and reputable journals uh sure it, people will get overburdened with requests to review papers and so you always need to be cautious and careful to um to make sure as an editor, that you're, you're screening those papers as they come in. You're looking for ones that really, really appear in your mind to be the thing that needs to get the most attention, and those are the ones you're prioritizing and sending into the uh, is peer reviewers to get them right, right done as soon as possible. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much all, Jim. I mean, uh, that, you know, I, like I said, I was reading this article and it made me a little bit cautious or concerned about the potential for um, maybe some lackluster reviews being done and just what that does to the actual work, right? Obviously, the scientists who are involved in this stuff are, are working very hard to try to get out the best possible work done, but it does, of course, need to be reviewed and looked over. And I just, you know, this article, like I said, brought up some concerns that maybe that isn't happening um, as diligently as it normally is but uh, you know from from everything you you've told me here so far it sounds like maybe that's not as big a worry as uh, maybe some people out there have, have led me to believe at this point in time um, any anything you want to add yeah. have you sure Jeff well, I, I think the important thing to to remember for you for me for anyone uh, when you're reading the news or listening to a media outlet you want to you want to trust your instincts you want to make sure that you are getting honest reliable coverage you want to make sure that the facts are accurate you don't want uh, hyperbole. You want you want people to be truthful, and 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 I think that's what all of us are trying to do in the scientific uh, publishing world. We're trying to publish the best science. We're trying to make sure it is subjected to peer review, and if it's a critical piece of information, we're trying to expedite that review process and get that stuff published as soon as possible. And and I think all the reputable publishers are doing that. I think they're very careful, um, and, and of course, all of our colleagues are working on this really important. Uh, issue of COVID-19, and I think collectively, eventually we'll get a solution that will help everybody. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jim. Really do appreciate it. Jeff, you take care. You have a great day. That was Jim Jermida, a University of Saskatchewan biologist and executive editor-in-chief of the Canadian Science Publishing Journal.